Hello and welcome to the True North CFL podcast. Uh, this is going to be our first draft special of the 2021 draft class. I am your host, Jimmy Leach. You can follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Leach CFL. And uh, I'm James Tease. Follow me at James underscore Tease on Instagram. And I know we said in our last episode this was going to come a week after. Um, unfortunately, James and I kind of got stuck with midterms and all that because again all of us are university students so things like this happen um we are gonna have another episode down the road about how the cfl can better appeal to a millennial audience or a younger audience i guess that will pro that i'm not gonna make any promises on when that's gonna come out again because university commitments come first so I- i'm thinking maybe sometime around christmas because that's when my finals are done yeah, let's hope. Sure. And without further ado, we're going to talk about a couple of things. Uh, this is the first year that the CFL is going to do a snake draft format for, for their draft. And if you've played fantasy football, uh, it, it's basically a draft like that where the order in one round flips. So whoever has the first pick of round one will have the last pick of round two. And the draft order for this year is going to be for the first round. Hamilton has the number one overall pick. Saskatchewan is number two. Winnipeg is number three. BC is four. Edmonton is five. Ottawa is six. Toronto at seven. Calgary at eight. And then Montreal has ninth, but they traded their pick to, I believe, Hamilton. I think that's the last piece of the Johnny Manziel trade. So. Yeah, that's the order for the first round, and you would just flip it for the second round. And then, what what do you think of this uh, idea of a snake draft, James? I like the idea, as long as it's not like good teams are getting the first overall pick, I suppose. But this is only because we haven't had a season, but if a season had unfolded, I would have said this is stupid, because, you know, like, if you want to make the league competitive, you got to give bad teams something to work with. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I get again. I do get why they do it too because we didn't have a season. You have to figure the order out somehow, right? So a lottery system makes sense, and that's what they did. Uh, I don't know if some of the worst off teams are get gonna get these high picks because you look at the top three: Hamilton, Saskatchewan, and Winnipeg. Those teams definitely aren't having you know. They're in desperate need of Canadians. They all have pretty good depth there, but for Hamilton, I know they've been trying to get a really good Canadian receiver, and there's two that are probably going to be available at the top of this draft, so it'll be interesting to see kind of how this plays out this year. And then another weird thing uh, in this top 20 ranking that we're about to do, uh, all I believe all of the top 10 is NCAA players. First U Sports player ranked is offensive lineman Pierre Ottawa Lestage, I believe is how you say his name, uh, out of Montreal. At 11, but as for that, the rest, the whole top 10 is NCAA, which is kind of weird. You don't usually see that, but. I guess because they're playing and these U Sports guys aren't, they're probably ranking the U Sport guys a little lower. And then James, you you play at York University, so 
I'm just going to ask, what are you guys doing as you sports athletes kind of during the downtime to stay ready? Well, it depends where you are. We're in Toronto, so we're kind of the COVID epicenter. So what we've been doing is uh, working out in small groups at our gym when we've been able to, but unfortunately that got closed down with us being back in lockdown. But the house I live in, we, we're all football players, so we got a nice little home gym set up. Uh, so we work out, let's say, four times a week lifting, and then we have team practices, no pads or anything because of restrictions, like uh, just uh, contactless walkthrough, going over plays because we have new coach, uh, new coach, new OC, just kind of getting rookies familiar with university terminology and basically running plays so we can they can be perf uh, perfected so then when we are able to hit the field we're able to hit the ground running offensively and uh work on our our physical stuff because i will say this at the next level everyone knows you can hit so at this level it's really about having your fundamentals being sharp but then again if you are out west they, they have been practicing at ufc uh, i think ufc i know u of a u of s and u of r have actually been practicing but they stopped that because of weather oh okay that's interesting i didn't know that so how do you think with you sports uh not playing this year how do you think that affects them versus guys who are playing in the ncaa right now well, some NCAA, uh, like the FCS, is not playing. Certain division team, uh, division one teams are not playing. But I think it kind of hinders the the Canadian guy. Well, the youth sports guys because they're going to be have not dunning have not done a lot of football activities. But then again, a lot of these guys will have one or two years left at university uh, to play, which does hinder them. But also, what also benefits the NCAA guys, this year of NCAA play does not consume any eligibility. So these guys are just getting another year of football. But for those really good guys, it doesn't matter for them because they want to go make money. But for the U sports guys, it's definitely huge. Interesting. All right. So without further ado, we're going to get into our top 20. Um, for the purposes, obviously, of knowledge and skill. Uh, James is probably going to talk uh, mostly about the offensive linemen because I can't really scout that. I don't really know what to look for there, and he's a university-level offensive lineman, so he probably has a little bit more knowledge there than I do. And I have done some notes on the kind of the other positions, so I'll try to chime in there when I can. But let's look at the first uh, ranked player, Alaric Jackson, offensive tackle, I believe, out of University of Iowa. What do you think of him, James? Uh, he's been starting the past four years, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he has been. And he's been really solid on that offensive line. If people know Tristan Wirfs, he was the right tackle who was drafted uh, – by Tampa Bay in the first round. So it obviously says something because you usually put your best O lineman at left tackle, but who knows? It also, it could be because he's a lot bigger than Worfs. He's about two inches taller uh, than Worfs. So maybe that's why he was playing left tackle. Uh, Balric Jackson, I don't really see him as a CFL guy. Maybe down the road if NFL doesn't pan out, but right now I kind of see him as a late round NFL pick developmental guy. 
that'll likely stick to an NFL roster just based on his pedigree of playing at Iowa because Iowa, their offense, well, their running game mimics closest to a pro, which is a power run style instead of a zone uh, a zone run scheme, which a lot of teams run, except Iowa and Nebraska teams like that really stick to the power run game. And that's what NFL scouts look for. Can O-linemen work in a power run scheme? Because a lot of these teams uh, run like a spread style offense or just a college offense where O-linemen don't have to block that long. So you can really judge how good an O-lineman is based off of like a system like Iowa. Well, that's interesting. I did find uh, some NFL scouting reports that kind of, I think CBS uh, had his draft ranking at number 92. So projected in that third, fourth round area. So I think that's a pretty fair assessment. And yeah, we'll have to see. Uh, how Alaric Jackson turns out in the NFL. And then this is the guy I think you said you played against at one point. Um, Eamon Ogbongmiga. Did I say that right? So it is Eamon Ogbongbegmiga. Uh, yeah, I've played against Eamon. Uh, when I played against him was in the 11th grade. Uh, sorry, when he was in the 11th grade, which I'm pretty sure that's when he was already signed to Oklahoma State because his cousin's Emmanuel Ogba, who's a starting defensive end on Miami, who's killing it. He has like seven, six sacks this year, seven. But Eamon, man, I also I should say his brother is my trainer when I'm not in Toronto playing in Calgary. And Eamon, I, I would have said before CFL guy, but the way he's played this year has been tremendous. I'm, I don't know about after last week, but as of prior to the Oklahoma game, he was leading the team in tackles, which is big. And he's been a very tremendous player for him. I'd say like a leader of that defense. And uh, man, he's been, he's been lighting it up. So I think he could have a shot at the CFL like this year so far. If I'm not this year, he has 29 tackles and 2.5 sacks, which is pretty freaking good I, for a guy who's like a, a cover outside linebacker plays inside sometimes. Yeah, he's been lighting it up. Definitely, uh, from what I've seen. Oh, he was second all team Big Twelve in twenty nineteen, so that's pretty good. Yeah, he had a hundred. He had a hundred total tackles last year with five sacks, an interception, and a fumble recovery. Yeah, so he's putting up some good numbers. Uh, I think maybe he might get an NFL look. Just personally, that's. I think so too, just based off of how the season's unfolding and how he's played. But I will say this is teammate Chuba is not listed because he's a late first round, early second round pick. So that's why he's not included in the top 20. Yeah, they won't uh, put those guys on the list for the CFL draft. You look at uh, Nikhil Harry, who was drafted by the Patriots a few years ago, who is from Toronto. The reason he wasn't in the top 20 is because he was going to be in that upper three round drafter. And so is a uh, Chuba. So, but they still put uh, Claypool who look at Claypool, 10 TDs in 10 games. That's unreal. Claypool is balling out, man. I know you have him in fantasy. Uh, I bet he's paying some good dividends for you. eh? Yeah, a little bit, even though he's on my bench most of the time. Sorry, guys. I have Devonte Adams, Chris Godwin and Julio. My bad. Okay. So, <laughs> Well, fair enough there. Yeah, because we play in an eight-team league, so I mean, yeah. Yeah, our teams are stacked. <laughs> For yeah. sure. And then, 
Alright, so this guy, he's probably going to, very likely going to be in the CFL next year. Yeah, I'd concur. He's not having the greatest season. This is Terrell Janna. This is the guy who took uh, second overall pick, Dijon Brissett's spot uh, last year at Virginia. And again, Dijon went uh, second overall in last year's draft. So that's going to be interesting. Finished his junior season at Virginia with 73 catches and uh, 878 yards and three touchdowns. As we mentioned, beat out Dijon Brissett. Uh, he looks like a solid route runner who can make plays in tight spaces. He's a physical receiver with sure hands. Uh, who has some decent speed. Uh, he's not a burner, though, I don't think. No, he's just like a typical like second or third wide receiver in the NCAA. He's only got 392 yards and a touchdown. And he didn't even play. He only had one reception last week when they blew out. Uh, Abilene Christian, which is like a no-name school, which you'd expect a guy of his caliber to put up numbers, but man, he's not having a good season to say the least. Yeah, that's interesting, especially because he had a good, uh, he had a good season last year. I would think, you know. Yeah, he's he's had no hundred-yard receiving games, highest is sixty against Miami, and he had three receptions for sixty, which isn't bad. But if you want to be an NFL player. You gotta, you gotta do do a bit more, to say the least. For sure. And then one interesting little tidbit I saw while watching his highlights is he has the Canadian flag on his on the back of his helmet, which I think is pretty cool. Represent. Yeah. Representing. And then uh, we have another receiver up next, uh, Josh Palmer, who plays with the Tennessee Volunteers. Uh, oh, he's definitely better. He's better. That's my opinion. Oh, you think he's better? Interesting. All right. And then I would say, yeah, he's a physical receiver who runs routes well and can block. Um, I found this quote. It says, despite having only 34 receptions and one touchdown, uh, it, Josh Palmer put uh, good stuff on tape. One of the toughest and best contested ball catchers in the 21 draft. Senior Bowl expects Palmer to break out if he gets the bulk of the receivers who left last year for Tennessee's targets. Yeah, he's on pace to be his um, his uh, stats last year. But I will say this, Tennessee has one of the worst offenses in the past, like, sorry, in the SEC. Their quarterback, I saw something he threw, like, more uh, pick sixes than he has touchdowns in the past three games combined or something. Oof. He has 22 receptions, 331 yards, four TDs. That's good. You like to see the, uh, TDs like that on that many receptions, but it's not like he, they're blowing the doors off anyone because Tennessee's quarterback situation is an absolute mess. And he averages 15 yards a catch, which is pretty good. But man, just, just his situation is so bad, everyone, that... I feel like he's doing pretty good for the situation he's in for how bad that QB is. That's fair. Uh, I feel like both of those receivers, you can probably plug and play pretty quickly. So when I look at, you know, Hamilton, they're looking for a guy like that. So I could definitely see them drafting one of these two. Yeah, I could see that. I think he could get an NFL shot if he looks good in senior bowl. 
Maybe, yeah, that'd be interesting for sure. And then next we have defensive end Daniel Joseph. Uh, this is a guy I remember from last year. He deferred um, his draft this year. Uh, he went from you, Penn. You skipped to... over a few guys. Oh, I did? Whoops, my bad. Yeah, but to be what? quite frank, the two other guys aren't playing a season. It's uh, Sage Doxeter. Well, oh, yeah. Number five is Liam Dobson, who's a guard. He'll go to the CFL. There's no way he's going to the NFL just based on his tape. He's a solid right guard. He fits the CFL prototype for a guard. He'll slide in there. Nothing too special about him. Same with Sage. The only thing that's good about him is that he is a tackle. He's yeah. built like an offensive tackle, which is hard to get in the CFL out of a Canadian. But he he's not playing either, so there's not much we can say about these guys except what we said last year. But who knows if they'll come back for another year and play or if they'll chase the bag in the CFL. We're not entirely sure, but uh, both just CFL guys. I don't. There's no nice way to put it that I don't think they have a shot in the NFL. So yeah, that's fair. Uh, I know Deoxeter last year he. Uh... He also deferred, and yeah, he's a tackle. I didn't know much about Dobson. So, now let's get to Daniel Joseph. Um, again, he transferred from Penn to NC State um, and had his draft deferred. Is that a pretty decent year this year? Um, when I made the prospect notes, he had four sacks and 11 tackles in six games for NC State, so that's pretty good. Yeah, I will say this. I did shit on him earlier in our earlier episodes when he played at Penn State when he was an absolute <laughs> bum. And he made the right decision switching. He's been playing like their best D lineman at NC State. He has 26 tackles, 5.5 sacks. That's pretty good, 5.5 sacks. But I still think he's a CFL guy or a practice squad NFL guy. But I feel like he would be good as like a three technique in the CFL three technique plays like in between the guard and tackle, like around there on the guard, like not in, in the a gaps, but in the B gap rather, I think he could make a solid one of those in the CFL, especially with the way he's playing right now. He could be an instant player, but I feel like he's probably just going to go on an NFL practice squad and eventually realize, Oh, I should be in the CFL. I can see that. Yeah. But definitely this year has helped his draft stock. for Sure. No, because I do remember him from last year. I didn't really do much at Penn. It was like, okay, this guy's just here because he's NCAA, and then now he's actually doing some stuff. So it's we'll see what happens with him. And then who's next? I Patrice Rene. Oh yeah, Patrice. I like this guy. Um, I believe where did he go? North Carolina. Yep, North Carolina. Yeah, Tar Heels. Yeah, he's a DB. Uh, he had an injury last year, so he elected to defer again to this year. And I know he had some NFL buzz last year, so he might yeah, he's have a shot good in the now. NFL. He's playing oh. good now. Um, well, he's not listed as a starter, but he starts in certain formations. Uh, he's 25 total tackles right now and one forced fumble, which you like to see. I think if he goes to something like Senior Bowl, he could show out and not get drafted, but maybe get an NFL look just based on what he what he was doing in 2018. 
but he's he's about to break the 2018 season of stats and he started then he's playing like a starter right now essentially his stats but we'll wait and see but i think he's an nfl guy probably i have to agree with you there i think he definitely gets a look in the nfl um oh and he's big he's six foot three that's big for a corner yeah for sure yeah you don't usually see big corners and then up next we have Deshaun Stevens, linebacker out of Maine. Uh, he also again deferred from last year's draft. Um, at the CFL level, he projects as a pass rusher. That's he what had- I was about to say. Immediately as I saw his size, I'm like, the end. The end. Six two two fifty five. Same. I was like, yeah, that's that's probably a CFL uh, defensive end. He had seven sacks in nine games in 2018. So. That immediately jumps off the page for you, for sure. Yeah, for sure. But it's not like there's any main guys jumping around the NFL. That's that's all I'm going to say. I think he's a pass rusher, an edge rusher. But I don't see him going to the NFL, just based upon his size and the team he plays for. Same here. And then... We will go on to another DB, uh, Alonzo Day. He has, when I wrote these notes, he has he had two interceptions and four uh, pass deflections at West Virginia. Uh, he transferred from New Hampshire U last year, so th- that's what I have on him. Uh, right now, I think he's playing like an NFL talent. He has, I think it's this so this year he has 55 tackles. 55 tackles, a forced fumble, and two interceptions. He's playing like West Virginia's best DB. And West Virginia, I'm going to be quite frank, isn't it known to be a defensive team? I think he gets drafted first round. I think he's one of these guys in the CFL. He's going to get drafted first round or fall because people see him as an NFL talent. And he has one more year as well as he can go to the Senior Bowl or something like that and show out, because that's where a lot of these hidden gems come from. Interesting. All right, yeah, that, that'd be kind of cool to see if he can kind of ball, because when you look at a school like New Hampshire U, who, who scouts New Hampshire U, you know? Like, even West Virginia is not a huge school, but it gets a lot They're more attention, 12. I think, than... They're Big 12. They're, they got some hitters on that team. That's where Will. That's where Greer came from. They got some guys in the NFL. They got uh, I think this. They well, what am I gonna say? There's a million guys. Pat McAfee went there, but what I'm saying is they produce a lot of NFL guys. So New Hampshire, or Virginia, West Virginia, yeah. West Virginia, not New Hampshire. Yeah. Fair point, because yeah, it's like I I've heard of West Virginia, and I think they produce some decent athletes. But it's like yeah, get, good job getting out of New Hampshire. You like. You have a future for football. It's like, yeah, good move, you know. And then who's up next? We got Pierre Olivier Lestage or Lestage, however you say it. Yep, O lineman from Montreal. So this is all you, bro. Yeah, he played center, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, and guard. But man, I'm gonna say this right now. I think Logan Bandy's better than twelfth prospect. But I'll get into that after. If you watch him in the Montreal game, he gets absolutely bullied by Jamin Pelly on UFC. But to be fair, I think Jamin is an NFL prospect through and through. That's a one U sports guy who no one talks about, who's sneaky, unreal. 
well, honestly, coaches know who he is. But what I'm saying is Pierre kind of got bullied in that game and exposed a little bit. But I don't see him projecting this high, maybe a few spots down. He's good, but just after seeing a performance like that where he gave up a million pressures and a few sacks on the interior, it's kind of worrisome in my opinion, but it's not like he has bad size. He's like six, three, 300 pounds. That's solid. That's that's CFL size. So he'll, he'll go maybe first, second round just because he'll be around. But after seeing a game like that, that kind of made me think less of him as a prospect. He's still a good player, just not this highly ranked. Interesting. All right. Now let's move on to Logan Bandy. What do you have to say about him? Uh, shout out Logan Bandy. Uh, I played with him when I was in the 11th grade. Uh, he was left tackle. I played right tackle, guard, you, you name it. I played it all on the O-line, but whatever. He was by, f- he was the best. I'll tell you this. He's the best O-lineman I have ever played with in person. Ever. Ooh. Ever. Even at the university I'm at now. Best O-lineman I've ever played with. And at that age, I knew he was going to be something good. Because he was like, Six five two forty five two fifty. That's generous. Holy he crap. was a twig. He was a twig, and he was absolutely bullying guys. But then he went to the dinos, and they got fifty pounds on him. And uh, as a first year, he did dress. But then second year starter, third year starter. He's a two year starter. And people, if anyone remembers uh, Carter O'Donnell, he actually beat him out in twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen. I forget what year it was beat him out for first team all Canadian. That's how good Logan is. Logan's like 6'5", 295 around there. I see him probably as a first round guy. I'm going to say it because he'll be around. I don't think he might go to the NFL to a training camp, but I see him going CFL, but I can't. And he's such a good dude. He's the nicest guy ever. And I hope he does well, not just because I know him and grew up with him, but he's that good. I like, Guy played through, like, I think he had, like, a broken leg at one point and played with it. Don't quote me on that. That's what someone said. But just any any competition he's gone against, like, at a young age, at, like, 19, he's only 21. Like, wow. yeah, 21. He just turned 21. Yeah. He still has a lot of time left at UFC because he's only a third-year guy. He has two more years. No. Yet, yet two more years at UFC. So say what you will, man. He's he's gonna be good, and he's only getting better. And I can't say enough good things. I think he's the best, he, the best U sports prospect. And I thought he was last year as well for O line. Interesting. And then, do you think he projects then as a tackle to CFL level? Who knows? Uh, he's six five, but he moves very well. He moves like a tight end. Interesting. Yeah, All when right. I played with him, we had a play for him to line up at tight end. He had more receiving touchdowns than some receivers. So that's high school. But what I mean is this guy is just an athlete. He's just a freak, man. And well, I I think he's I think he's the nastiest O lineman I've ever played with. <laughs> yeah, that's good. So let's hope for good things for Logan Bandy. And then next on our list, we got Dean uh, Leonard. Ian Leonard, yeah, another Verda boy. And Logan, me, him, and Logan played on the exact same team. That's so, how crazy it was. Yeah. When was this? Like 2016 out? Yeah, 2016. This is a hot minute ago. but And we didn't even win cities. We lost in the city championship who to a team that now has a bunch of like 
great CIS guys who are one of them is starting on UFC. Actually, like four of them are starters on UFC. What am I saying? A bunch of them are all over Canada and starting. So we were we were the one and two team, the one and two team. But yeah, Dean was on my team. His dad was our DC. And I remember it, I got moved. I'll save my story for another time. But all right, all uh, right. Well, okay, I'll, I'll quickly say it. Like, once I got switched to D-line briefly on our team, he's like, man, I've never seen someone run as slow as you. That was embarrassing. <laughs> but anyway, so then Dean, he, he played all three years. He was with the Dinos. Two, two years started in his first year, he was the starting kick returner. <clears throat> and he he could play all over. He could, in, in, in CFL, he could play safety, linebacker, DB. He's like 6'2", 200 pounds. He transferred to Ole Miss. He had two years left, but this year does not count towards his eligibility because of um, the the rules regarding um, the NCAA where it doesn't count. He was a backup, but he was seeing time. Last week when they beat South Carolina 59-42, to he started and had a five-tackle game, which is pretty good, and he played really well. Really well. And I will say this about Dean. I think he's going to remain the starter. And I think he could go to the NFL if he keeps working hard, which he obviously is, and developing. Because their head coach did say Dean looks like an NFL uh, DB. And his coach, uh, I'm try- I forget Ole Miss's head coach. Um, he's the guy who Bama fired right before this, the national championship game. Uh and he went to FAU, but the coach has been the coach has produced tons and tons of NFL guys like Jalen. Oh, it's Hurts. Lane Kiffin. Is the guy's Lane name. Kiffin? He produced, yeah, he's produced tons of NFL talent, so he knows what he's talking about when he says something. He's not just gonna blow smoke up someone's butt. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um... And if you if you watch his highlights at UFC, bro, different animal. <laughs> And I was literally training with him the day before he announced he was going to Ole Miss, That's which was nuts. weird. Yeah. Did he say anything great. to you? Or no, no, I had no idea he was going to NCAA. No wow. idea. No idea. We were just running with our trainer, who's Eamon's brother. He's our trainer. He well, his brother trains everyone in Calgary, like all like the good guys, and he trains pros with the guy who owns the gym, who's the Dino strength coach and linebacker coach. But uh. Man, Dean's another – it's a different breed, man. And I think he goes NFL. That's my opinion. All right, that that's fair. That's definitely – I don't know. Like, I did look at his stats from, you know, Ole Miss. But, yeah, you're right. If he did that in one game, it's very impressive. And his stats at Calgary are really, really nice. So Yeah, first team All-Canadian – as like a 19-year-old. That's crazy. He beat out dudes who were like 22, like, sorry, 20, like, nine, like 21-year-old guys who were in their, like, first year or whatever in the other schools. Like, he's a young guy. He, he It says he's a senior. He's only 21. So he's he's young. That's impressive, then. And then let's kick it to who's next on our list. Let's see. Oh, it's Nelson Labaku. Um... I believe he Lecombo, has a relative or Lacombo. Lacombo, sorry. Yeah. He has a relative in the CFL, right? Does he? Um, he's on the Argos. 
Yes, uh, yes, I know who you're talking about. I forget his name, guys. Sorry, I, we're a bunch I forget of his professional first, people here. He, I forgot his first name, but he went to Oregon. Um, did oh, he, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna find his name because this is gonna bother me the whole show. Um, oh, it's Prosecco Lacombo. Yeah, Lacombo. Yeah, linebacker for uh, it's a linebacker for I want to say. Yeah, he's on the Argos. He just yeah. went to the Argos. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. He, wow. He plays everywhere too. He plays a. He's a Sam. He can play DB. He just plays safety. Just like guy plays everywhere. And I think Nelson could do the same. Like he's five eleven, one ninety. That's you could play safety, maybe linebacker if you bulked up. But he's been. He was U Sports Defensive Player of of the Year. Man, this guy is sick. Like I think. Out of the guys who are currently in U Sports who are like a DB, I think he has a shot to go to the NFL and like stay on a practice squad just based on his plays. He's a real hitter. Yeah, for sure. I remember uh, the coach for the U of S uh, used to be a used to be a CFL player for a very long time. He was doing an interview and he talked about uh, Nelson, and yeah, he he just sang his praises nonstop. And I think he's a guy who can play a little bit all over the field. Was Husky's rookie of the year in 2017. He's been a constant producer. Like you mentioned, top defensive player in U Sport in 2019. So all of those feats are super impressive when you look at it. Yeah. I th- I I have high hopes for him because he's he's not like a DB that just like wraps you up. He he tackles you, he's hitting you. For sure. Uh, I do feel like maybe he could gain a little bit more weight. I think he's like 5'11", 190, but overall, I think he's a good player, so he'll definitely find his way onto either rise up this board, or you know, maybe he does get an NFL shot. You never know. Yeah, then we got Luigi Belain, uh, Michigan D-lineman. Uh, He's he's all right. He's all right. He's a three tech in the CFL. No NFL shot. None. He only has four tackles this year on Michigan. He's kind of like the third string depth guy. And I, I, he's a CFL guy. He's one of these NCAA guys who hasn't performed. Who's just going to wind up in the CFL based on their NCAA recognition. But who knows? He could be good. Some guys turn out being good, but. A lot of the times, guys like that don't tend to be that great because, yeah, they're playing good competition. They're not having meaningful reps. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I know back when he was a freshman and around then, he had a couple knee injuries, which probably held back his development. Um, He's a former four-star recruit, so there is some potential there. But, yeah, he really hasn't done too much at Michigan, so... We'll kind of yeah, have to see what lot. happens with him. <clears throat> then let's see who's next for us. Um, ben Vladik. Vladik. Okay, that's how you say that. UBC Vladek. kid. Yeah. Well, go ahead. Oh no, I was just saying his name because his last name's a little silly. Yeah, he had fifty-eight tackles, four tackles for loss, and uh, two sacks. But at the next level, I just look at this guy's size and I see. It screams edge rusher because 
he uh he's 6'4 250 I'm sorry 238 pounds he's built though he played outside linebacker at CFL is a different game I could see him being an edge rusher but I think he's gonna benefit from another well he's gonna go back and I think he's really gonna show what he's made out of made of so to speak for sure uh he's got another teammate on this list who I'm really high on uh he was uh, all Canadian in 2019 and he's been productive for a couple years so that's always nice to kind of see out of your U sports draft prospects. Yeah, 12 tackles for loss the year before. Yeah, that's impressive cuz I saw yeah, some of his stats were actually better from last year so uh, his total tackles is his tackles for loss. Ah, uh, okay. And then next on this list we have a tight end. Uh Bruno LaBelle, who is playing on a Cincinnati team that isn't there some buzz about Cincinnati this year in terms of like, aren't they good this year? Yeah. People are like, they're, they're going to contend for the playoffs if they keep winning, but I don't think so. Cause they're a group of five team, but they're the best group of five team. But this guy's kind of like a bench warmer. Like uh, he still dresses, but he doesn't play a lot. He only has 47 uh, yards off of seven receptions and a TD, which isn't very good. But he's like built like a CFL fullback, but not built like an NFL tight end. As in, he's very skinny. He's skinny for a tight end. He's two forty eight. He's six four. But speaking of Cincinnati tight ends, you can't compare him to Travis Kelsey because obviously he's the best tight end in the <laughs> NFL. But what I'm saying is he's not built like an NFL tight end. NFL tight ends are like 200 to 70, 260 to 275 pounds. Though to say he can gain it, it's just he's not producing. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't think of how big NFL tight ends were when you mentioned that because, you know, how big is a guy like Mark Andrews? Because he was like a converted receiver, wasn't he? Yeah, but Mark Andrews can block, and he played at Oklahoma. He's, he's like one of the best receiving. Tight end. I, I think he's a top five tight end, but I think Mark Andrews is pretty big, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Mark Andrews is 6'5". That's oh, big. Oh, okay. 260. Gotcha. Oh, he's 260. Okay, yeah, that makes sense then. Yeah. Yeah. So, this is a guy I don't know, probably ends up being a fullback in the CFL, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. And then, who's next? Oh, this is that UMass guy, uh, Tyrese uh, LeBeau? Is that how you... The boo, yeah. Okay. You can uh, tell when they're from Montreal, it's like, ooh, the EAU. <laughs> yeah. Um, This is a guy who I don't think UMass is playing this year. Um, So he started all nine games last year as a junior, so that's all. That's nice. And yeah, he's... 23 tackles, one sack, and interception. That's not bad. That's why Notre Dame and BYU... BYU has to schedule don't doesn't really have a set schedule because independent teams uh, were canceled. That's why Notre Dame went to the ACC. Oh, okay, yeah, because uh, he 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 was fifth on his team in tackles, even though he missed time with an injury. So that's also <laughs> impressive. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, he had forty-eight tackles. He had twenty-three solo. Okay, yeah. yeah, those are some pretty good numbers. But he's still a CFL guy. But who knows? He has like two more years left, so we'll see. And then next we got uh, another UFC Dino here. We got Grant McDonald. Uh, eighty-eight tackles, eight tackles for a loss, four and a half sacks, one interception, and two pass deflections last year. 
He also had all Canadian honors. Yeah, that's really good. Grant transferred from Maine, I believe, where he was a tight end, but he's not even that big, like a super big guy. Uh, yeah, he did a good season last year, 35 tackles and, sorry, 46 tackles in seven games. It's pretty good. Uh, 5.5 tackles for loss, 2.5 sacks, an interception. Those are some good numbers. I, he's a CFL guy. I think he'll be a good CFL guy. Yeah, for sure. Given those numbers, it's definitely interesting to see you put up all those good numbers as a guy who, you know, was playing tight end, you know, not to, you know. Two not, years ago. Two yeah. years ago, he was the tight end, yeah. Exactly. To be thrusted in as a starting uh, starting linebacker, that's pretty good. It, well, Vanier Cup winning team, he's obviously very skillful if he's going to start on the Dinos. For sure. Uh, now, last but definitely not least, in my opinion, um, this is a guy who I'm really high on. Uh, Saskatchewan's own Nick Cross. This is a guy that, in the Saskatchewan football scene, people have been talking about, e- even when he was in high school, playing for the Boldus Golden Suns, who produce a lot of really good football players out of Saskatchewan. Uh, this guy had 74 tackles, 5 for a loss, a sack and an interception at UBC. Uh, he transferred, I believe, from University of Regina. I think he went junior for a year and then went to UBC. So Yeah, Okanagan's son. Yeah, this guy's going to be, I think this guy's going to be really good for whoever, whoever signs him. Yeah, I think he's more of like an inside backer type of guy, and he can cover, opposed to his teammate. But the next level I see is like an edge rusher, just based on his size. But yeah, Nick is good. I I I think he'll go pretty high with a good showing at the combine, and he's is built for the part. You know what I mean? Like yeah. six foot, two hundred pounds, solid linebacker, can cover. He'll probably play like Sam at the next level. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, and he had a fifteen tackle game against Calgary at one point, That's nuts. which is. That's nuts, yeah. And, yeah, that wraps it up for us, I believe. Are there any guys you can see creeping their way on this list? Because I remember you had a couple last year that you were right about, so. Man, it's so tough with no season, and, like, definitely a lot of guys' eligibility is being reworked uh, in U sports, <clears throat> like mine's being reworked where I'm not entirely sure because there is no season, so it's kind of a hard thing to judge because these are a lot of the guys everyone knew knew about. But yeah, I'm not entirely sure based off of this year. Maybe uh, my team's kicker. I'm joking, but I think he'll <laughs> get drafted, but I don't think he's in the top 20, but he's definitely going to get drafted. But That's cool. Yeah, it's hard It's hard to say. I think a die, a day or a die, I've, I don't see, I think... He's gonna really change people's opinions, and he's gonna go to the NFL. That's my that's my that's my take. That that's a definitely an interesting take. Uh, we might have to do a quick two round mock draft uh someday, but we'll leave that as a little teaser for you in the future. Um, if you listened this far, thank you very much. Um, thank you. I really appreciate you. <laughs> it makes this work feel like it was done for a reason or done for something. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. And I I do like that we do a lot more draft coverage than other podcasts. So it also keeps keeps the CFL in the news too, right? Because there's not too much CFL stuff going on. 
always good to have that. And I also just want to end with this. Ulrich Jackson out of Iowa, the offensive lineman, is now a vegan. The CFL, I think, did a story on him. But to think you can remain at 300-plus pounds as a vegan is nuts. Dude must eat a ton of food. That's the case. Yeah, he's eating some fatty foods then, because <laughs> I understand how you could maintain that weight and be a vegan. But he said it's made him feel healthier, which is good good for him, I guess. It's whatever you feel your what's right for your body. Sure. And again, yeah, thank you for listening. You can follow our social media. Search True North CFL Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, which is where we're most active. We post highlight tapes and videos there sometimes, as well as promote the show. Or Twitter, our new Facebook page. And if you want to listen to the show, you can find us on SoundCloud, YouTube, and Spotify. Uh, for the, and I'm Jimmy Leach. This is the True North CFL Podcast signing off. Bye, y'all.